Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the left coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. That's right. My name is Mike Piroworski, coming to you live from the East Coast, the coast with the most, from the co-host with the most, here on The Rundown, 2A views, conservative news, and Craig... Guess what day it is? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's hump day. Hump day? <laughs> it's hump day. Hump day? <laughs> That's right. Today is hump day. This is the day we attempt to begin the weekend, sometimes with success, sometimes not. But hey, you know what? The fun is always in the trying. We do our best. Try to bring it to you every day. Try to bring you the gate A game every day. Er day. Try to do it er day. How is your uh well let me ask you this. How is your hump day going thus far? No humping yet, but uh there's always hope, you know. So uh, you never can <laughs> actually it's started off quite well for me. Even midday today, I am st- I am I'm I'm beginning on the downhill slide. I've got one last meeting this evening, and then tomorrow and Friday, Thursday and Friday are going to be pretty chill for me. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, we uh, we got some uh, meetings tomorrow before the show. Uh, perhaps looking maybe a little couple changes to Arms Room Radio, new stations, stuff like that. Other than that, it's going good here. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I like hearing that. I like hearing that. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show today. And uh, as before we do, we, as you know, we always have to make sure to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. That's right. Let's say hi to Hitman Industries. That's hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. You got yourself an AR in the past five years, probably got one of their rifles, don't even know it, one of their barrels and don't even know it. Now you can get to buy from them direct your own barrel for your next build or to rebarrel your current rifle. That's hitmanindustries.net. California Republican Assembly fighting a good fight behind enemy lines. Now you can be involved in California's future today. Uh, Hog Holsters, get yourself the best concealment holster on the market. That's H-A-W-G holsters.com, hogholsters.com. Use the discount code, the rundown, all one word, no spaces, all caps. And you'll be, you'll love it. You'll love the holsters they have there. And if you want some awesome tactical gear, some field gear, get over to uscombatgear.com. Folks, these are our sponsors. They bring us to you so that we can bring you to them. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Do them a favor. Do us a favor. How about that? Click on the links in the description of this program. Check them out. If you like what you see, spend some money with them and make sure you tell them that it was the guys over at The Rundown that sent you. Also want to thank you for all those of you who are liking, who are sharing, uh, and who are telling your friends about The Rundown. Make sure that you're following us in more than one place. Because as we all know, uh, and we'll be talking a little bit later, the internet folks are uh, definitely trying to make sure that they throttle anybody who doesn't fit the corporate uh, left-wing propaganda. So uh, that way, by following us in multiple places, uh, you help push up our score uh, You know, in terms of the number of people they'll be able to see us. Uh, but also, in the event that we wind up getting the boot from uh, one of those platforms, well, you'll, you'll already... You, you can... Find us and you can watch or listen to the program without missing a beat. There you can. Yeah. Do that. We don't, we don't care how you, partic- how, how you partake as long as you partake. There you go. <laughs> 
get some, get some. <laughs> fun stuff, fun stuff. All right, let's go ahead and let's get into today's news. So the first story has to do with LAUSD, and this is the Los Angeles Unified School District. This is the second largest school district in the entire country. Uh, for those of you who do not know, they are on strike. That's right, Dad. They have decided they're going to take at least a three-day strike. Now, mind you, LAUSD right now, these are now the people who are striking are not the teachers, although the teachers are out as well. That they're in solidarity, the teachers are supporting. Uh, the, the, these are the, the classified employees, the, uh, uh, the people, the bus drivers, the, the people who run the kitchen, the instructional aides, uh, Mike, they are looking for a 30%. Let me, you, you heard that right. A 30% pay increase. And this is despite the fact that the district has already offered a 23% pay increase on top of a 3% bonus. Um, now I, you, Mike, you know, I sit on a school board and, uh, I can tell you right now that a 30% pay bump is in, in, for in public is unheard of, absolutely positively unheard of. And going into a time when we're already looking at a deficit at the statewide level and potential cuts to education, uh, I can tell you right now. Uh, there's no way that a 30% pay increase is going to be sustainable uh, in that district for more than a, a year or two. Uh, you know, it's 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 a pipe dream. Uh, you know, you're, you're never going to get 30%. 30% is budget busting. You know, they'll be able to afford everything but, you know, like students um, there. Um, I, Craig, I know these numbers are big, too. It's like 30,000 people that they're, they're out on strike right now. Um, it's... Um, you know, twenty three percent is a is a big number. That's I mean, that's that's huge. You know, you, you're never going to see something like that again. Uh, you know, stop being absolutist. Take what you can get. Take what you can. It's more than reasonable. You know, with your bonus, you're looking at twenty six percent this year, and probably you know then twenty three percent every year thereafter. Uh, who knows what other bonuses you can you could uh, roll back in there? Take the twenty twenty three percent and run. I mean, this is it's like standing at the blackjack table and they go, we're going to give you twenty three percent you know, a uh, profit right now, or you can gamble and get nothing, you know, cause that's what they're facing. Well, you know, Mike, this is what gets me. Is, so first of all, understand most of these are jobs that were never meant to be full-time jobs, right? Most right. of these are people who are working five or four, between four and six hours a day. Uh, and, and these are the sorts of jobs that are available in particular for parents who want to be there when their kids get off school, who aren't working over the summertime, um, and so when they look at, for example, their pay, like they got instructional aides on average. And I'll show you, this is from a, a local article that was a local news station. They're pointing instructional aides get $27,500 uh, annual per year. Uh, uh, bus drivers, custodians, food service get thirty-one, almost 32000 Teachers assistants, about twenty-three. Uh, program aides, fourteen. Now, Mike, keep in mind, these are part-time positions. And they're only working maybe nine months out of the year. And this also, this average doesn't take into account seniority because they're people who yeah. are who, who have been working there a long time, who have made this a career, they're making more. And the people who just started, they're making less, right? But none of that is taken into account in the reporting that you're seeing, right? And it, 
it is unfathomable that once again, and by the way, these are the same unions that kept kids out of school for almost two years in California, right? The problem I always tell people is the problem with that, the thing about education unions, and by the way, SEIU is not an education union, even though they work with people who work at schools in this case, but they're labor unions. Their job is to advocate for higher salary, better pay, better working conditions for their members. That's their job, and I don't begrudge them that. But let's stop pretending like their number one goal is taking is is to take care of kids. No, their number one goal is to take care of themselves. That's it. And like you said, the uh, you know the, the the union itself and uh, and the news media are portraying this as uh, you know these are these are full time minimum wage employees just trying to earn a living, and and that's not true. It's nowhere near the truth, uh, and they continue to put out bad information to try and influence uh, people to 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 put pressure on. Uh, you know, the school system to give them these raises. Right. And we saw something similar this happened a couple of years ago with Sacramento City Unified here in Sacramento. And I, what, was, what was sad about it was uh, the mayor, Daryl Steinberg, former state leader, a Senate pro tem leader, now mayor of Sacramento, stepped in and basically wrangled the city, the, the city school district to agree to, to the union's demands. And within six months, the county board, the county board office of education, basically said, "You guys, your your budget is busted. You you cannot afford these raises." Yada. I mean, they literally just they came this close to fiscal insolvency if they hadn't had to make a bunch of cuts. And by the way, the people who wind up getting the cuts, the people who wind up getting cut when you agree to stuff like this, it's not the senior people who are made who are actually making really good money. It's the low-income worker, the the ones that the the new ones, the ones who just got hired, the ones who you supposedly were getting that raise for, they are the ones who wind up getting laid off. Yeah. So be clear, you understand what uh, Craig's saying here, folks. If they get this thirty percent raise, they're going to lay off a, a significant amount of these people to make up for the money to give the other people. Right. The people who supposedly you're fighting for the raise for, they're the ones who are going to wind up getting laid off. Just, just yep, so yep. y'all know. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next one is also from Southern California and uh, Santa Monica. Santa Monica is a city where basically, you, if you're from Santa Monica, you say you're from LA. Uh, it's a, it is in LA County, uh, but uh, the city of Santa Monica, like many cities in California, who are now wrestling with the idea of having to give permits or having to issue. Uh, concealed carry permits. Uh, they've decided that uh, they are going to basically uh, institute what amounts to a poll tax uh, there in the city of Santa Monica. And uh, this city is charging, and I'll, I'll pull it down here. So this city is basically going to be charging $600 for applicants, right, to apply for their concealed carry permits. Now, that does not include $150 that are going that's going to need I'm sorry $617 $150 for a psychological exam right and then on top of that you've got to take a class well especially the initial class in California that you're going to take is going to run you somewhere in the area of about 200 to $250 if you're taking a good class you're probably going to be paying a little bit more than that so you could be paying anywhere between 900 to 1000 dollars initially to get your concealed carry permit uh, in Santa Monica. Now, Mike, I, I think you and I are in agreement on this one. Um, I, most people can't afford 
almost $1,000 to get a concealed carry permit. And by the way, that no, didn't even I, include I, the cost of the firearm. Yeah, a absolutely not. You know, this, this, is, this is designed to prevent people from getting their, their concealed weapons permit. Uh, this is designed to keep people from exercising their second amendment. Nothing more than than the blatant racism, uh, you know, that, that occurred during the Jim Crow era uh, of making sure, uh, you know, African-Americans couldn't get firearms. Let's put it out of reach. Oh, you say we have to have it? Sure, we'll have it. We'll just put it so far out of reach that you can never get it. Right. Now, mind you, the county, the county sheriff's office actually issues permits and they charge $150. That's it. No psychological exam. You do have to take a class. Uh, but then renewal is significantly cheaper and the significantly cheaper. That's every two years. Now, the city of Santa Monica can always sign an agreement with the county to provide those services, but they choose not to. And so the fact that they've chosen not to is a is a just a straight sign that they just their goal is to price people out of the ability to exercise their right. This is a poll tax. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is just going to hurt the uh, you know the, the the common man. This is going to hurt the uh, the middle class and below. It's going again. It's going to prevent them from exercising those rights because the city of Santa Monica doesn't like you and doesn't want you to uh, be able to protect yourself against their tyranny. Right. Well, I have a feeling that this uh, this sort of regime is something that is going to be challenged in court uh, because there, there's no way they're going to be able to make a tie to it. And once again, by the way, the people, what's going to happen is the wealthy are going to be able to get their permits. Uh, yeah. The not so wealthy uh, law abiding, well, the law, the law abiding citizen is going to have to decide either I give up my right to defend myself outside of my front door and follow the law or I carry anyway and 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 basically violate the law. And uh and the worst part is is that if they get caught uh if they get caught carrying, they potentially lose their guns, their gun rights, uh period. They lose their their ability to then even defend themselves within their own home. If not by the way, having to pay a bunch of fines and maybe do jail time. And in the meantime, the people who we don't want carrying guns, the the gang members, the drug dealers, the criminals, the the uh, 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 the people, the mass shooters, they're still going to be carrying guns. What you mean? They're not going to go follow the procedure and pay six hundred and seventeen dollars to get their permits to carry illegally? You mean that's not going to happen? I know, hard to believe, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of how it goes. If they get their permits from the sheriff's office, can they still carry in the city of Santa Monica? Yes, but if you live in the city, they're going to require you to get it from the city. Oh, see, that's you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't that's that's illegal right there. You can't force which services somebody has to has to uh, accept, especially based on a poll tax. You know. Well, that's, exactly. That's I if I lived in the city of Santa Monica, I would just go to the L.A. Sheriff's office and I'd make them deny me. Yeah, there you go. Or go and to. then and then I would go then I would sue then I would sue the city of Santa Monica. Yep, yeah. So they could they can go to 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 whatever sheriff's office around town is going to charge a a decent fee around the state, and then that should be good in the city, correct? Well, no, you have to you have you can only apply in the place in which you are a resident. So I'm in Sacramento County. I can only apply in Sacramento County. If I lived in, for example, L.A. County, I could only apply in L.A. County. I couldn't apply in Sacramento. 
but the Santa Monica Sheriff's Office, they're issuing these permits for, what did you say, 150? Well, that would be the, that would be the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Is It's 150. And Santa Monica is in Los Angeles County. So technically, they should be able to go to the, to the, to the L.A. Sheriff's. But right. uh, I have a feeling that they're going to... They're, they're, I, I would have to look more into the law, but I'm pretty sure that if Santa Monica is issuing the permits, they'd have to go to Santa Monica Police Department. In order to in order to get that, yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Moving right along, uh, this was this was a hard one because this actually started off. It was part of a fact check uh, article that I was reading at Breitbart, and this is where the Texas Tribune actually claimed that the AR-15 was uh, was U.S. infantry rifle in Vietnam. Yeah, no. Whoever wrote that with the Texas Tribune, you're in Texas. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, clearly, that is not true. Uh, but the article that they were referring to was this one right here, where they were talking about uh, law enforcement, cops who were there on the ground in Uvalde at the school, and they were talking about the AR, basically the fact that the guy had an AR, and they did not feel adequately uh, equipped to be able to take him on. And one of the things, and this is where they pointed out in this article, it's here, it says, the gunman had an AR-15, a rifle designed, design used by U.S. soldiers in every conflict since Vietnam. I mean, just real ignorant stuff. But I wanted you to kind of hear just a little bit of the video. Uh, and I wanted Mike to talk a little bit about this afterwards and kind of share with him because I found... Uh, I found well, I, I just I had some issues with with some of the things that I was hearing, and I'll let you guys listen to just this part of the video, and then and then we'll talk about it with Mike afterwards. The amount of smoke, gun smoke that was inside the hallway, and I told the guys, "Hey, be careful! We're in the kill zone," because I knew he had shot through the walls. Careful, guys! Shot far. I'm just waiting for those rounds to hit me. Right when we got to where we thought he was at. Then gunfire. You know, I knew too. It wasn't a pistol. I knew it was a rifle. I was like, shit, it's a rifle. The, the way he was shooting. Take cover, guys. He's probably going to take all of this out. trying to get clapped out you knew that it was it was definitely a AR 223 round you can see the shell casings we just we had no choice but just to wait and try to get some something that had better coverage where we could actually stand up to him uh, I, I called for long rifles I know that I don't know what words I used uh, but I knew we needed to get a whole bunch of those over there because I didn't have one and I don't recall if Lieutenant Martinez even had one when we walked up. Saw my truck, take on my AR, get it ready. You know, I know there's schools going on. Mm -hmm. You know, I should be shooting me. I, I found. I need my AR.
Careful, brother. Shot. He shot Javi through the door. Had anybody gone through that door? Yes, sir. He would have killed whoever it was. Yes, sir. I mean, our, we can only carry so many ballistic vests on you. That two-two-three round would have gone right through you and right. through the door. I want to get the door open. What am I going to do? It's. It might as well be paper. All right, Mike, let me, before I make, let me, let me get your reaction to what you just saw. I, I saw a complete atmosphere of cowardice is what I just saw. Uh, I, I saw individuals that had uh, no respect for the community and, 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 and the mantra of, you know, protect and serve. Um, the, the training that's been going on for, for over 10 years now in law enforcement is, uh, you know, move to contact. All right. I, I don't care if you're the first guy in the door and you got nothing but your sidearm and your standard, you know, ballistic vest on your standard bulletproof vest, old school, like under the shirt kind of vest. You move to the sound of gunfire to end it. That's what you do. You don't wait two hours or whatever. These people waited and waited for, you know, uh, you know, the Delta forces to get there. Uh, you, you move to the sound of gunfire to prevent death from occurring. Uh, if that means you have to, uh, you know, put your life in jeopardy, that's what you do. If you're unable to do that, lay your gun and badge down at the door and go home and never come back. It's not your job to protect your life. It's your job to protect others. Get out there and do your job and protect these children, the entire department of cowards. Uh, I could not have put it any better myself. You know, I'm, I'm not law enforcement. I've never been in a situation where I've had to put my life on the line uh, in order to defend another. I, I don't under, don't know training, tactics, department policies, or anything like that. But common sense to me says, uh, especially early on, if there are there's a chance that there are kids in there alive, you need to get in there and end this or do what you can to save their lives. And uh, they just seemed absolutely like they weren't. In, like, I don't want to say that they weren't interested, but but they were more interested in protecting themselves. And I and by the way, I don't understand what the point of. Well, if he's got a rifle, I gotta have a rifle. It this is close quarter combat. Your handgun is just fine, right? <laughs> you your handgun yeah. can believe it or not. It's not. It's it's like. You know, it reminds me of like in football where they say where two quarterbacks going up against each other when in actuality, the two quarterbacks never actually face off on the field, right? In this particular case, uh, your handgun is more than adequate for you to be able to take on this individual. Now, the question regarding, you know, did they, did they have ballistic vests that were adequate or anything like that? That is made null and void by the fact that, look, this is your job. There are lives in danger, and you have a responsibility to get in there. You have a responsibility to help to work to serve to save those lives. And when you decide not to, then maybe you need to be in another line of work. Hey, absolutely. Listen, the job's not for everybody. Yeah, you want a good government job. You want a nice pension and everything. It sounds like a great thing, but it's it's not for everyone. The, the, the training and tactics have changed over the past 20 years. Pre-Columbine, Craig, it was... Uh, you know, get there, secure the perimeter, wait for the SWAT team. Uh, uh, you know, a after that, it was changed to the first two officers at the scene go. They, they, they go and they go in and they, and, they, and they get to the bad guy. Then came Sandy Hook. And at Sandy Hook, that, after that, that policy was changed to the first officer on the scene goes. Doesn't wait for the backup. Goes. Because we know the statistics prove as soon as the bad guy's confronted, the situation usually ends itself. All right? That's, that's, 
that's that's how it works. We've seen failures of this at uh, at Parkland from responding officers, not the not the deputy that was at the scene, Peterson, but uh, other officers stopped their patrol cars and spent 20 minutes uh, looking for uh, equipment in their trunk rather than go inside and turned their radios off. We saw massive failures of this at uh, at the Pulse nightclub shooting where older supervisors stopped and told people not to go in, prevented them from going inside from ending this. And then again, we see it here at Uvalde. It's just uh, an, an incredible atmosphere of cowardice. I see it from the chief there, from the lieutenant there, from top down, that these officers are hiding behind the policy of cowardice to, to, to instead of preventing the death of these children. Well, no, exactly. And, uh, and I think you, you, the one point you made is the one thing that I think no one can disagree with is from the moment they are confronted in most of these, these active shooters, uh, from the moment they are confronted, the sooner they are confronted, the more likely or the, 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 the more likely the lower number of deaths, right? You, they, they oftentimes, as soon as they are confronted uh, with someone, uh, in particular someone who is armed, uh, they either run, they, well, let me clarify. They are either shot and killed uh, or they run uh, or they kill themselves. Those are the things that generally wind up happening. That's why we fight so much for the right to be able, for individual citizens to be able to carry because then you increase the likelihood that that individual is going to encounter resistance sooner. And, in, and, and having those active shooters encounter resistance as soon as possible, that saves lives. Absolutely. You know, statistic after case study after statistic just continues to prove that. Yeah. But, you know, facts and data do not matter uh, to the anti-gun community. It just doesn't. No, listen, they can't even get the imagery right. The the first photo you posted up with the infantryman carrying the the M16 in Vietnam, it's not the AR-15. It's the single, that's AR-15, it's the single shot civilian version. And you have what they called an infantryman in Vietnam carrying that rifle. And that was clearly a an armored crew member on a tank that was not an infantryman. Exactly. It, anyway, but you know that's what happens when you have people who don't know what they're talking about, who have who know absolutely nothing covering the news. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. They refer to her as racial as a race hoaxer. I call her a race faker. Uh, Rachel Dalzall is back in the news. There's this. Uh, a number of legislatures are passing these bills called the Crown Act. And the whole point behind it is, is to make it so that uh, people can't, so that uh, employers can't discriminate against women who wear their hair a certain way. Now they say it's supposed to be natural, right? Uh, but but there's one problem, and and this this is it. So this is Rachel Dalzall. You might remember Rachel Dalzall because for years she pretended she was with a head of uh, I think it was the Seattle NAACP. She pretended to be black. She pretended to be a light-skinned black person in order to uh, curry favor, in order to be basically a woke racial activist. And then it was found out when her basically her parents came out and said, no, she, she's white. And what's funny about that is, it, now what's funny about the Crown Act is it protects things like weaves or braids or uh, thing, hairstyles like that, which by the way, Mike, it, interestingly enough, a lot of the hairstyles that it, that it protects... Yeah, they may be, some of them, they may be culturally uh, uh, natural, but in many cases, uh, the way in which the hair's done, it ain't natural. Like, weaves are not natural. Uh, a lot of the times, the braids, 
they're, there's hair there, but most of it ain't their hair. Well, it's theirs because they bought it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How about how come we're not banning forehead like that? What's with that girl? That's like five. Well, that's what, what do you call it? It's called an eight head. <laughs> an eight head? She got plenty of it. That's for sure. Um, the, uh, maybe she did the, uh, the, the the transplant from the front to the back instead of the other way around. Um, yeah, yeah. The, it's it's you know the military struggles with this too. They just come up with some new policies in the different branches of the military where it has to be a natural hairstyle. Uh, and and then we saw a lot of people doing uh, you know natural hairstyles for somebody else. You know, and so it's got to be natural to you, your natural color, or if you dye it, it's got to be a natural color. They relax some of the standards for, for how it can be worn, but it 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 still has to be a, a natural thing. She's this this girl just, you, you she wants more publicity. I I don't know what she's doing. She's trying to get more publicity, uh, and uh, we we don't need to see her anymore. Uh, this is. This whole thing now, now we're going to make hair racist, Craig, is what it's going to be. It's going to be, if you talk about somebody's hair, you're going to be a racist. That's that's the next accusation we're going to get. Well, I and and I get, okay, different styles and things like that. But I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I see braids with weave, weave, ponytail, wig. I'm, like, I'm looking at all these yeah. hairstyles that are clearly not natural hairstyles. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's, so it's basically... Or, or dreads. And by the way, just so you know, dreads are probably as, as well, I would say as close to natural, but the problem with the problem with dreads, Mike, is that you have to, I mean, you literally have to uh, uh, physically knot those things up. You, most people who do dreads, it's not a natural hairstyle. It's not like they've been sleeping outdoors like homeless people do and, and it just naturally knots up. They intentionally gum it up and not, and, and knot it up in order to make it do what it does. Uh, and that's what they want to call. They want to call that a natural hairstyle. It's not, it just isn't. And I, no. you know, I, I think that I think an employer ought to have the right to decide, you know, look, if you have a business that is where the person is front forward, they are the face of your business. You ought to have at least some say in what that person looks like. And I mean, how that person presents themselves, if that makes sense. Oh, you're putting the name of your company on on their on their uniform, their clothing, whatever, on their name tags, whatever it happens to be on their desk. You should have the opportunity to say, "I want a professional appearance." I'm not saying everybody's got to wear this specific uniform when you go to work every day in a, in a civilian clothes environment, but you know it should be maintain a professional appearance. And, I, and I'm sorry, Rachel, Rachel's ridiculous hairstyle there for for a white girl is not a professional appearance. Well, I for for me, I I don't consider that not to be professional. I just don't consider it to be natural, and it's not her natural hairstyle. Right. It's not her well, natural. Saying, hair. If, it's not, if it's not natural, it's not professional. Oh well, I I don't know about all I don't know about all that. But once again, I just I just think that it's ridiculous when you when you start telling employers, uh, how, when you start laying things on employers like that, like saying, well, this, that, or the other, your employees can look any kind of way. They can act any kind of way. Um, and you have to, as an employer, just accept it. Well, you know, like, like, like for example, if one of your male employees decides to show up in a dress uh, one day and uh, you don't know that maybe they, they, you know, they're one of they they operate, you're on, they're on your sales floor or they're a marketing representative for you. Uh, you just have to put up with that. Well, that's, this is the extension of that, right? This is, I identify as a clown, so now I'm going to wear, you know, a, a, a rainbow hair. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's my appearance. You can't change it. 
and you just have to deal with it. Yeah, I'll deal with it with your Anyway, we're going to move on now. We're going to move on to Parting Shots. That's right. Uh, parting Shots are brought to you by Hog Holsters. You can find them at hogholsters.com. Use discount code THERUNDOWN. All caps, no spaces. Get your Hog Holster today. All right, let's see here. The first uh, one we have here today. You guys know that uh, we, we, we've been talking about the January 6th committee, and there was something that I found to be very, very interesting. Now, this meme came up. Right. And I saw this meme and I said it was such an interesting article. And it was basically it's a it's a it's a headline for an article. I was like, OK, before I put this meme up, I need to fact check this because I need to see. Did they did he actually admit it? Did it actually come out? And when I searched on Google. Right. When I searched on Google, I could not find it anywhere. Didn't come up anywhere. I switched over to Duck, Duck, Go. Bam. First thing that popped up. Which tells you, and I'm telling you folks, yes, they are censoring. They are censoring information. Even about January 6th committee, even about the truth. They are severely trying to hide the truth. And so in this meme uh, you have, it's uh, it's a screenshot of uh, Bernie Thompson, who is the chair of the January 6th committee. Uh, And uh, the article, which was actually in the Federalist, says top Democrat on on J6 committee, quote, we actually didn't review any of the surveillance video now now mike what was funny is is that they the first thing they jumped out and said was that tucker carlson was pushing a false narrative but they hadn't even watched any of the video so in other words uh they they said they didn't watch it they're saying they didn't watch it so that they can say that we well we didn't intentionally leave out anything yeah you know how ignorant does this make you Listen, there might be stuff in there that's for them, so we're not going to watch the video at all. That's that's our plan. Right. Well, in the, in the article, once again, which is over at the Federalist, it was back from March 9th, they actually said, well, we had staff watch it. So in other words, your staff are the ones, by the way, because they work for you, you're the one responsible for them not doing their jobs, but the staff is the one who intentionally left out uh, or, or pre- painted a false narrative. That's what you're saying. So your staff painted the false narrative. From day one, from day one, when this started hitting the news media, they never watched any of the video, never any any of the footage. They read all about this in the newspapers uh, and in internet blog sites. They never actually saw a video for January 6th. They're 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 lying, Greg. They're all lying. Well, and and that by the way leads us to our uh, that by the way leads us to our, our our second one. The most powerful piece of political art I've, I've ever seen. You want to describe this one for the audience who's just listening? Yeah, it's Lady Justice. Uh, she is being held down, uh, the right hand, you know, holding the scales of justice, being held down by the, uh, the Democrat Party, and the uh, left hand over the mouth uh, being suppressed by Google, Facebook, and Twitter. Exactamundo, exactamundo. And by the way, this also applies to uh, the next thing that we're going to be talking about in our parting shots. Uh, This is a a headline from the Daily Mail where it says George Soros' man in the Manhattan DA's office. Billionaire Dem donor funded Alvin Bragg's campaign to the tune of $1 million while he promised to put Trump behind bars. You know, that's the funny part is this whole thing, this whole case is completely contrived. 
And they're taking a federal statute and or two federal statutes that are misdemeanors and they're trying to put them together and combine say that they equal a felony. And it's all being done in a way that by even, by the way, in a way in which even the New York Times admits is something that's just never been done before. Never, ever been done before in this way. And it's especially never been done to try and take down a former U.S. president. Yeah, absolutely not. This is uh, this is uh, you know again the, the ultimate example. The top one of the top prosecutors in the country uh, been bought off, been paid and bought and paid for. Bought and paid for, and that was by the way <laughs> this in this new one. It's uh, basically George Soros with a uh, with an Alvin Bragg puppet saying indict Trump. <laughs> but it's yeah. but. You know, Mike, that the, like I said, the thing about this whole thing is, is that he campaigned on the idea that he was going to weaponize his office in order to take down an enemy of the Democratic Party. And now he's doing it. Yep. Yep. He should be in jail. Right. Well, eventually, supposedly sometime this week, Trump is supposed to be in jail. And I believe they're doing it primarily so that they know that they're not going to get a conviction, but they're hoping to get a perp walk and a, and a, uh, a mugshot. But I think that uh, Trump's mugshot is actually going to look a little bit more like this. You want to describe this one for the folks who are watching or are listening? Yeah. This is while uh, President uh, Trump was president there in New York City with the support of, it's got to be 50 U.S. cops posing, or, or New York City cops posing with him. Um, and there's some firemen in there as well. Um, I could tell you as a, as a, a, a family member of uh, NYPD that uh, this is how they feel about him predominantly, you know. Um, they, uh, they're, they're a huge supporter and, um, it's not going to work out well if they try to press the NYPD into making this arrest. (laughs) Why does that not surprise me at all? Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today's show. But before we go, it's time that we gave a shout out to our sponsors. That's it. Let's say hi to hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. You can get different length barrels for rifles or pistols and plenty of different calibers available in rifle and pistol calibers. Uh, The California Republican Assembly fighting the good fight behind enemy lines. You can make a difference in California's future today. And of course, if you want some awesome field gear, get your butts over to uscombatgear.com and get everything you need. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you liking and sharing the program and encouraging your friends to do the same. We're going to be back tomorrow on Thirsty Thursday. Hope to see you then. Peace out.